Hi, and welcome to the UtiniCast. This is a special mini introduction for the rerun we are actually running. We're, this is episode 100 being rerun, and we've decided to do this uh, on an occasional basis, not on a regular basis, not in between each show or anything like that. But in this case, uh, I was feeling ill because of my second shot of the vaccine, and a kitty was not available uh, later in the week, so we decided just to bump it a whole week, and it, our next episode will be out on Tuesday. So we're going to rerun episode 100. It was suggested by Tio, and after looking at it, I, I think that was a fine idea. And yes, Tio is still with us, sort of, in the background. He t helps us with uh, technical issues and so on, and uh, he's been a very great sport about continuing to do that. So anyway, I hope you enjoy it. It has uh, it has Ani, it has uh, Red, and it has Hypnotoad in it, and a pretty good conversation about like the start of the show and how we got going and all that sort of thing. So I hope you enjoy hearing it again. Uh, this episode is not being uh, charged for our Patreons. It is going to be skipped, you know, uh, Patreon-wise. Uh, we don't feel that this is you know consider is considered a a you know new show or anything like that. Hope to see you on the next show. And here we go. Hi, and welcome to the UtiniCast, the podcast that for over a hundred episodes was the guardian of peace and justice in the old republic. This is episode 100, being recorded on Wednesday, September 25th, 2013. I'm your host, Chill, and with me is my co-host, Tio. Hi, Tio. Hey, guys. And our guests today are Red, Ani, and Hip. So, Red, what'd you do this week? Well, let's see. I finally finished the hard mode version of Kaon and got credit ah. for all the bosses. Okay. The first boss, you know, the flaming rat ghoul giant guy, I'd done it three or four times since the achievements came out and never got credit for that one guy. But... Because I finished that one, I have now gotten my Flashpoint Master hard mode achievement, which is you've got to do every single one of the hard modes and kill every single boss, including all the optionals, in order to get it. Right. Like a whole bunch of points. So my prestige points at this point are now 14,900. <laughs> nice. I was trying to get to 15K, but I didn't quite make it. <laughs> what is the maximum at the moment? 33 or 36,000 yeah. something or another. It's over, over 30,000. You're not even halfway. Yeah, I'm trying to break the halfway point. So it's over 9,000? And I did actually incidentally end up doing Aethys this week, and it happened to be the 10th time through. So you get an achievement for each boss for doing it 10 times, and then you get an achievement for having done all the bosses 10 times. So that was neat. Very nice. I absolutely enjoyed finally doing the introduction quest line for the Zerka <laughs> flashpoints. Okay. I hadn't done it at all. Unfortunately, it turns out, even if you haven't done it, if you've already done both of the flashpoints and finished all the weekly stuff and everything, you can go do the introductory quest. It tells you to go to the circuit area, you go there, and it tells you to go straight back, and you can finish the quest. <laughs> so it's worth the purple if you haven't done it. Because you've already done it. Okay. <laughs> Cool. Been using my new mouse pad that I won when I was at PAX. It's remarkable how much cleaner your mouse stays when you're using a mouse pad. <laughs> my tracking hasn't blipped once since I've been using it. I finally got my Tauntaun mount Good. for the subscribers only. Took me a very, very long time, but I'm rocking that. I enjoy the sound he makes every time I get onto him. Got my Sorceress to 36. Okay. And I also hit level 55 on my Marauder. Which means I am now a member of Utini Rage. <laughs> 
Yeah. I wasn't going to transfer till I hit 55 mm-hmm. because I want the achievements. <laughs> right. But since that was done, transferred him over, got online, got to do some teeny rage PvP. We lost the first one, I don't even remember what it was, but then we got Void Star several times in a row, and even though it's my least favorite piece of crap Warzone in the game, it's really nice playing with the criminals from Utini Rage. We definitely <laughs> destroyed everybody. <laughs> Very nice. And I also got legendary for the Bounty Hunter event. Okay. So that, wow. you know, logged in on Tuesday and dumped everything in, good to go. The only other thing I was thinking about was for the secret super super secret space project, because we were talking about, you know, how, to, how are they going to monetize it? How is it going to be important? You know, and you've been hearing around like, you know, how is it going to be an expansion? Is it going to be... Something that's included in the patch. And I was thinking, honestly, why, since it is new content and it doesn't seem to impact level cap or carry story with it, at least as far as we know so far, it would be really nice if if it's compelling enough, they should do the same thing that they do with operations and war zones and give you a weekly pass to pay for the free-to-players if they want to play more than a certain amount. Uh, I would expect that to yeah. be most likely the way they do it. That seems likely. I mean, they've already got that sort of system set up, so... Well, that's what they do for the space missions now, right? Yeah. You can only do a certain number for free players? Yeah, it's just three per week, win or lose. Three? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <like> nothing. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's therefore the pass. <laughs> that's, that's three bad turns into an asteroid. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Otherwise, that's my week. All right. So, hey, Oni, what's uh, what's your week been like, and what you been up to? Uh, it's it's been a decently um decent week in Swotor. Super busy in real life. Mm-hmm. Gonna move potentially. So, oh. first time selling my house, uh, doing all that kind of stuff. I uh, got a new job. Very cool. I say potentially because until I walk in that there that first day, it's still a potential new job as far as I'm concerned. So. Um, that's exciting, but I've never sold a house before, moving two little kids, my wife, two dogs. So that's exciting. But with the time I do have, I've uh, been playing my sniper, a lot of PvP. I think it's a sniper, right? That was yes. pretty good. Mm-hmm. Sniper, yes. The shooty shoots. The oh, you're as bad as hip. Sniper rifle. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Well, sure. <laughs> Anyways, I'm feeling still really, really squishy. That's something I just... Other people told me how much, you know, evasion they have and blah, blah, blah. And that's all great. It, does not get me out of the, you know, the stun bombs and then the chokeholds and all this other stuff. I use my one get out of jail free card there, run three steps, and I get stunned again, and then I'm dead. Mm, okay. Maybe I'm just bad. Uh, have you been using entrenchment? Yeah, I, I use it when I get a chance. Okay. But you can't use entrenchment. I don't believe. Can you use entrenchment while you're stunned to get out of stun? No. Okay. Basically, it's a good idea to use it whenever you're starting an encounter and you have it up. <laughs> Because you got to assume that they're going to try to stun you and stuff. What I find is I more or less have somebody start off with a stun on me, like a shadow. And they just pop up and... That, that can all happen, of a sudden too. I'm stunned and then, uh, then them and their other buddies and they see a flurry of lightsabers and I can't move and then I'm dead. That said, <laughs> when, I, when that's not happening, I do feel rather powerful shooting people down and whatnot. Nothing greater than doing a takedown move while they're trying to run away to go heal somewhere and just watch them fall. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Uh, but I got them up to 55. Haven't done any 55 PvP yet. I just did that last night and then I pretty much logged. I had to buy my one piece of gear. You know, I've been getting accommodations for forever and I thought I was going to be able to get a ton of gear and I realized I could only get like one and a half pieces of gear. <laughs> I was like, this is oh, bull. Like, you haven't bought now, them yet, have you? Have you? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, 
So, <laughs> when you log in again, return them and get your comms back. Because yeah. uh, as soon as 2.4 drops on Tuesday, you'll be able to get Conqueror pieces for exactly the same amount. And your partisan pieces will be worthless. Because they do not, they're not going to be used for trade-ups anymore. It hasn't been two hours since you bought them in game time, right? Yeah, but... See, here's the other cool thing I did. I bought the Kalstein uh, armor <laughs> kit, you know, because I always thought that that guy looks pretty badass, you know, the, the straight soldier, you know, the, look at me, I'm so straight-laced, and I thought that was kind of a good thing with the operative, you know, like, mm-hmm. usually the guy that's the most straight-laced is the one you have to worry about the most, especially in, like, a biker gang. If there's anybody without, like, a big straggly beard or something like that, that's the dude you need to watch out for, you know, because he's got <laughs> something to protect and hide. Um, okay. So that's what kind of what beard? I wanted. What? <laughs> Just oh, go the with guy it. without the beard. You know, the guy who's all clean cut and looks nice and he's hanging around with a bunch of, you know, the bike. Anyways. Okay. All right. <laughs> Keep going. Um, so anyway, so I, I kind of wanted that look, you know, the guy who looks like the straight, you know, straight laced officer, but then he's like sneaky age. Anyways. So I may have, and by may, I mean did pull the stuff out of it okay oh, well, no. the, the shells are actually what the shells are actually what cause the comms as soon as you pull the uh mods out you can't return them oh yeah. you can't return them can you they, yeah you can only use them for upgrades forget i said mm. anything because right away it says that you can't do it no i pulled them off the wrist also so uh, it's, it's two pi- <laughs> it's two pieces it's the chest the wrists the... don't even show most of the time <laughs> when they, they do it's like a, a line look they have a look anyways <laughs> Well, oh, I didn't wow. use any of my ranked combinations, though. I only used because I needed the base stuff to get the okay. really good stuff. So at least I didn't buy a bunch of the ranked and Warzone combination gear. I just bought the Warzone stuff. So All right. <laughs> whatever. It's like 2,000 comms that I'm out. <laughs> cool. See, oh. this is what happens when I try to upgrade. Everybody makes fun of me. Oh, why aren't you upgrading yet? Why aren't you upgrading yet? You know why? Because I'm going to screw it up this way. Yeah, <laughs> because he's got to wait until you can do it just wrong. This is why. <laughs> this is why everybody's like, "Oh, you need to make decisions. Just pull the trigger." You know, I had the same thing with this whole job search that it took forever before I chose. You know, which job and everything like that. People like, "Oh, just pull the trigger, let it fly." Yeah, well, that's what I did last night. See what happens. <laughs> this is your fault, Tio. Just so we're all clear, you're supposed to guide me. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, hopefully the job will work out better. <laughs> if Tia wouldn't have logged off, he would have been there to help me. But you had stuff to do. See? <laughs> All right. So, Hip, how about your week? Um, okay. Yeah, PvP. Um, Tia sent me a big laundry list of things that I've got to upgrade as well, which I haven't got around to. Uh, I was going <laughs> to do it last night, but it seems so daunting, you know? <laughs> um, this is Baldy Gina. He has finally got her to uh, level 53 so he can get himself the uh, 66 craftable mods. Nice stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I would pre- I would play pay a premium if people were able to group those mods and list them, you know, on the auction house as just one item or whatever. Yeah, I would pay extra not to have to go through and find them all. Kind of dummy pack for uh, people who can't yeah. be asked to. Right. <laughs> or for... Yeah, entrepreneurial auction house people who want to uh, you need lists, you know, every different uh, yep. every different characters mods. Right. Are you telling me that if I go on the auction house and buy all your mods for you, you will then pay me a finder's fee? 
<laughs> yeah. In one lump sum. <laughs> 20 credits per item. I also happen to know that you probably don't have the credits to pay me back, so... Uh, I've not... got about 2 billion, too. I'm not oh, doing really? too bad these days, yeah. Look at yeah. you. I need to come to the bank I hit to get some credits. <laughs> I couldn't even get my skills when I hit 55. Yeah, I'm not doing too bad, so... It, but Horny is still, my debt by far, my favorite character to play. I'm not sure whether I only do well when the other team doesn't realize that I'm a healer and doesn't focus me, because... It seems that when I, you know, at least when we're up against a good team, when I'm marked and you can pretty much tell you're marked because mm-hmm. you die, you know, seven eight seconds you. after you you yep. spawn, sort of thing. But you know, sometimes I do get the you know these awesome healing numbers, but I'm I'm starting to wonder whether or not that's just when we're playing the really really crap teams. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it's just been PvP for me these days. We uh, we did make an effort to start doing um, stuff on Baldi on uh, McKeb, but haven't really got back around to it at this point. Okay. Yeah. All right, Tio, how about your week? All right, so there was a lot of PvP. In fact, straight after recording, uh, we did two hardball matches on our high bees. That's mm-hmm. me and my Sork, who's now level 41-ish, 42. And we won them both uh, 6-0. It was quite amazing. Our good friend Adam, the artist, was tanking on uh, both of those games and more or less just camped in their end zone and they just couldn't kill him. <laughs> and so I was just shuttling the ball back and forth from mid to him, just dump right. into the pit, pass it up. He scored. <laughs> Rinse and repeat. Oh, yeah. was healing him. <laughs> In our raiding, let's see, we only had a short session as usual on our first day. We actually did some Empire-sized scum and villainy, and we had mm-hmm. Guildmate's cat Dread got the weekly done. We just did three of eight. This was my first time tanking scum and villainy. I was on my power tick, and mm-hmm. I was quite surprised at how far you actually get tossed up in the air by uh, <laughs> the first boss, Dasharud. Yeah. Yeah, it was quite an experience. <laughs> Uh, on our second day of raiding, hard mode Terror from Beyond, we just romped through uh, sec- uh, two of five, and then we actually switched back to story mode and just quickly went through and did the three bosses to get the weekly done. It only took us 40 minutes to do that part. Uh, right. Again, we didn't have our usual team. We've been having a few out regularly, so hopefully back to hard modes this week. Nothing else really to report in PvP, though. I've uh, been sticking with my operative at 55. Managed to get the weekly done yet again. Uh, usually getting it done early-ish. So we're doing okay, even when we're up against the PvP guilds, but still rough. And who knows what will happen with 2.4. Everything changes. So That's we'll true. see. All right, chill. Over to you. All right. First, a shout out to the chat room. Lots of people here for the 100th episode. Uh, Khan is here. Kazmus, Cadabri, DJ Zod, Ferris Terran, Gaddick Teague of the Unnamed Sotor podcast. Uh, Gunny, Jays, Jedi Cal's here. Trev, RPG, Ben B, Big Dan, Dread, Forskin, <laughs> Hashtags, Culling, Listening to Something, uh, Maxwell Smart, <laughs> Rub, Chong, and the Malgadar are all here. So, hi everyone. Thank you for joining us for episode 100. Yeah. Whoop. For me this week, uh, very much a sort of a this and that week. Uh, did a little, you know, we did the ra- the operations, uh, did fi- 55 PvP, did high beef PvP. I worked on leveling a commando just for fun. I really la- like the Alderanian Civil War we had uh, the other day where the middle was not taken uh, until we had about 100 points left on each side. Uh, and finally, one of the pugs actually managed to solo down the solo defender out on the, the end. And we took the, we ended up taking the sides finally. 
Uh, and before that, it was just a brawl in the middle, and it was it was just brutal. <laughs> so long. Oh, yeah, I got. I was the only healer on our side. Mm-hmm. One point three million healing, similar to what the but the pubs had like three healers. It was as I always do. Right. That was an incredible match. Just went on <laughs> and on and on. Yeah, Alderan. Yeah, the Civil War when the middle doesn't get taken, it takes a long time. Yeah. <laughs> But it was fun. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it a lot, actually. All right. So that will bring us to the tips of the week and also a, a Star Wars trivia question. So I uh, finally managed to dig up another question. And But first, let's do the tips of the week. Uh, we do have one runner-up, uh, Z, reminding us, if your companion is low on HP and you're out of combat, mount up and dismount to heal your companion to full. And it really works well with the, the uh, speed boost, so which can be used anywhere, uh, not just where, you know, outdoors, where you can mount up on your regular mounts. And let's see. That seems to be a really popular tip. <laughs> it really is. Everyone seems to love that one, yeah. <laughs> Drazigar Manseferis. Hello, Chill Tio and the crew. I'm a newcomer to MMOs and started playing SWOTOR only a few months ago. I can say I'm completely addicted. I was so pleased to come across your podcast, which means I can essentially keep playing SWOTOR, uh, or at least listen to it on my long commute to and from work. I uh, love the show. Thank you. I must admit, I found HIP a little random when I first started listening around episode 90, but having listened to a lot of the older shows, back to 68 and counting, I realized that once you get the in-jokes, he's actually pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> On to the tip of the week. Uh, uh, <laughs> thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> Your physical thanks. security key will get the monthly stipend of 100 CCs, even for non-subscribers. <laughs> really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. We didn't know this. We actually thought it was not... This wasn't the way it works, but it is. It is where, yep, that's how so it's So subscribers get like 200? We get 500 for the subscription and maybe more if you subscribe more than a month at a time. And then you also get the 100 for having a security key. But you, as a subscriber, you can also use uh, a phone security key as opposed to the physical one. The mobile security key. Have yeah. they changed it so that free-to-players can now add a security key? Because remember, they didn't used to be able to. Free-to-play and preferred were always able to add a physical security key the one you buy for five dollars physical one yeah Mm -hmm. and they still cannot add a mobile security key Hmm. so what happens if you're a free to player you used to be a subscriber so when you downgraded your mobile device security key still works right it remains on your on your account yes until you have to remove it for any reason at which point you cannot re-add it such as upgrading to ios 7 such as ios Mm -hmm. 7 upgrade yes that's right because i've definitely told friends not to upgrade their phones for that very reason (laughs) (laughs) all right uh Tip two, ticks. Mix, mix, shoot em up. Not sure if this is widely known or not, but if you spec into sharpshooter, which would be marksman on the other side, and you want to maximize your DPS, you must incorporate movement into your rotation. The talent snapshot allows you to cast your charge burst instantly when you enter cover. Assuming your global cooldown is is uh, one second, which is actually not, it's one and a half yeah. uh, base. And knowing that charge burst has a cast time of 1.5 seconds, whenever you pop in and out of cover during your rotation to take advantage of this talent you shave off half a second. So the math is a little off, but uh, you can see where he's going with this. So he, he's he's doing it in terms of actually saving time, but you're not actually going to gain much over time. However, not having to cast, which means if you're taking damage, you won't be pushed back. You know, your cast won't be pushed back. And it's also That's in PvP point. harder to be interrupted. So there are reasons to do it. The biggest benefit to this, I've always considered it very much a um, PvP talent, 
just because it's a wash, right? Mm-hmm. It's a one and a half second global cooldown, but it's an instant cast. What's nice about it for PvP is that if you're trying to take someone down and you've just hit them for a huge chunk and you want to get it in before a scoundrel's hot ticks or, you know, any any number of things. Right. You can bump and shoot instantly so you've got a back-to-back cast rather than having to uh, wait for the cast time and that way it's actually you know just kind of good for finisher exactly that's the other benefit is you're getting the damage instantly as opposed to after a one and a half second cast Mm -hmm. that's sort of how i how i do the uh, the finishing move is it's off it's often i do it after an ambush or one of the other casts so it's a long cast a nice hit of damage at the end of the cast and then instantly snap off the executability and then you're getting two big hits right in a row. The other thing I found is it's really handy if you're, since you're sharpshooter, when you finish your tumble, you're ending in cover. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it can be really useful because you can move while you use it when there's no cast time on it. So if you tumble but then need to reposition a little bit, you can still move and cast while you're doing that. Right. That is nice. All right. Uh, third tip, Cal. Hi, guys. My tip of the week is concerning EV hard mode. If you're doing the classic operation mission and want this to be done quickly, you can skip the second boss fight by running over the lava from the first platform you fight the boss on. Hmm. Not only do you skip the boss when you come to the puzzle, but no spa- uh, ad spawn and there's no enrage timer. Using this method, I had me all finished on a pug within 35 minutes, including a wipe due to someone aggroing all the cats. <laughs> uh, cheers and hope you have a great 100th episode. Cal. So this would be the uh, the monster who jumps up and down in the lava and creates the little islands. Yeah. So you can actually just run right around him. Apparently. Yeah. We'll have to try it one day. <laughs> yeah. This funny. one trips me out. I thought I knew all the tricks in Eevee by this point. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Eternity Vault was the first one. It trips me out, but I remember going through EV and doing it in like 30 minutes and killing everything back, way back, before when I was still raiding a lot. I remember running through there with the uh, with the group I was running with. Sure. Right. Well, with a group, it's a little quicker. On a pug, it might be a little <laughs> slower. Fair enough. And a fourth tip from Karns. Hi, guys. I just spent 40 minutes online looking for this info, so I thought I'd send it as a, in as a tip, as it's useful to know. It's the levels at which you can send out more and more companions. I found a guy who had recorded all the levels you can send as you go from 1 to 55. As soon as you get your first companion, you can set them out on crew skill missions. Note that you don't have to wait till the end of your starter world quest to travel to the fleet. You can get there about level 7 and pick up crew skills. You even get XP for the crew skills you look up as well. Two companions, he doesn't have a solid level on this, but by the time you get your second companion, you're usually past whatever the requirement is. So I'm going to assume it's level 15, but I can't confirm. I do know that by level 17, I could definitely send out two. Three companions at level 25, four companions at level 41, and five companions at level 48. It helps. Yeah. Thank you, Carnes. One of the nice things about having Treak or HK is at those level low levels, sometimes you're at whatever the max is, uh, especially before you get your ship droid, and therefore it's a little bit easier to level up your crew skills because you can keep a companion out and at least one companion can go and do stuff. All right, so uh, by random allotment, the winner is Cal. So congratulations, Cal. You'll be getting a Tonfon code and one of the latest cartel packs. And let's see, that brings us to the trivia question. And as always, I always try to find something that has uh, to do with some of the bigger issues about Star Wars and the making of Star Wars and so on. We'll go over that uh, next week, but this week, just give out the question. It's a who am I question. I am only involved in one Star Wars film, yet I've had lasting influence on the series. 
Uh, before movies, I filmed bombing runs in World War II and helped document the liberation of the concentration camps and the signing of the armistice. I've worked with Alfred Hitchcock and Stanley Kubrick and even the Beatles. And if Chill had been really clever, he would have asked this question about me last episode. Who am I? And if you have an answer to that question, please send it to utinicast at gmail.com. And correct answers received by the next recording will be put into a random chance to win a Tonfon code and one of the latest cartel packs. And that will bring us to the Hollow Feed. Tio? Well, it's a bit of a light news week, which probably works out well, given that we want to cover a few other things in episode 100. So we'll start with game update 2.3.3a. Actually, it's more of a patch was deployed on Thursday morning to fix the performance issues experienced by many of us, including me in CZ198. It was originally planned for Wednesday morning, but wasn't ready in time. And Amber tweeted, <laughs> testing revealed the CZ198 wasn't improved the fall. So they had to delay <laughs> for an extra day. Right. Yeah. So as of now, CZ198 is back to normal. They also did fix uh, one of the space missions. Uh, well, actually, two. One on each faction, Tasman Ambush and Severus Evacuation. Now, this is the one that turns up somewhere around level 40-ish, I think. It's the one where you have to navigate the asteroid field. And it's actually pretty hard. If mm -hmm. it's the one I'm thinking of, and yeah, the the way it was broken before they had, they patched it was you were unavoidably killed, smashed by a meteorite <laughs> or an <laughs> asteroid. So now that doesn't happen. Uh, as far as we know, the rest of space that was broken is still broken. So mm. though, Chill, you said you completed the escorts by actually keeping the escort alive. I did. It was the Republic one, and it was the higher level of the two escort uh, types. Okay. So I don't know if maybe the earlier one was the broken one or more broken or whatever, but I was able to get it done the normal way. Okay. So. There is weird stuff happening in space, so yeah, until we hear otherwise, it's still broken. Let's hope they get it fixed in 2.4. All right, moving on. For Apple device owners, you guys had your upgrade to iOS 7, apparently. <laughs> and yes, that's, that's great, whether you like the new look or not. Don't do it. <laughs> but it didn't work so well for the mobile authenticator app. Specifically, if you upgraded, the app would crash on startup. Now, you can actually remove the app and reinstall it. Everything's fine. But of course, that means that you can't use it to remove the key from your account, which you would have to do when upgrading. Now, of course, it's all self-service now, so it's really, really easy to do just by the website. Uh, easier if you do it before you upgrade, but even if you have already upgraded and can't run your app anymore, you can do the whole self-service thing to actually remove yeah. it using one-time passwords. Right. I did it the formal way. I took, I removed it, did the change, and then got a new one. Right. So I'm going to be really annoyed if this takes away from development time of the Android app. I mean, the Android auction house chats. Let's hope it's a different team. You know, it's funny. I'm wondering if... Apple-wide issue, because I noticed that Google, yeah, their authenticator went down as well. I saw that, yeah. On the mm. iOS. So I'm wondering if it is something core to iOS 7 that's screwing up all these authenticators or if they're tied together somehow. It mm. seems to be that they didn't release an issue of the final build to developers until the last minute or something. So, uh, yeah, anyway. Right, broke for some yep. things. Yeah, that's... Not good. I thought Apple didn't do anything wrong. I thought everything worked perfectly every time. That's what I'm told. I, I don't know. No comment. Moving on. 
on Thursday night last week. We had the second in the series of promotions for Warzone Arenas uh, that are being live streamed on MORPG.com's Twitch channel. This time it was a guild called We Are Farmers. Again, it featured uh, Eric Musco, Bruce McLean, and Rob Hinkle from Bioware just in a little window who mostly kept quiet, letting the guys actually play them out. There were some good matches there, actually. It's amazing how long they actually go on for when the players are really good, as these guys clearly are. But anyway, (laughs) right at the end, and I would suggest watching it, I will include a link so you can replay it. It is pretty entertaining. But anyway, right at the end, they did have a bit of a revelation, specifically that we will have web-based leaderboards at the same time that Season 1 commences, which they said would happen... Well, they're going to leave the pre-season up for a little while... And then season one will start and the web-based leaderboards will come at the same time. Now, they were asked whether this would include a web-based armory, as in being able to see people's gear, like the people on the leaderboard linked to their gear or their specs or anything like that. And Bruce McLean said nothing in response to that beyond more details will be coming uh, in the weeks to come. All right. That's excellent. Uh, We knew the preseason was going to go on after 2.4 launched and it sounds like they haven't even changed the the phrasing it's still going to be some amount of time we don't know yep i'm just glad to hear that leaderboards are coming i mean yeah really officially confirmed and everything that's awesome but presumably they want to do a preseason because they're probably not able to get an adequate sample size to generate their full matching system and everything Mm -hmm. pre-season one as well as building those leaderboards in order to make them public. You know, right. you got to populate all those fields for all the players. Absolutely. Yep. And that's what the preseason would be for. Right. Now, if it's anything like other games, uh, your rating, it will start building, of course, with the preseason, but it will be reset uh, in season one, as far yeah. as I understand. So That's very typical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, don't work too hard, I guess. Though, practice your heart out, and but don't worry if your rating isn't that good. Uh, by the end of the preseason, because it won't matter. Now, as far as these web-based leaderboards go, I guess we can't really infer anything until they tell us more beyond the fact that it could potentially be cross-server, as in showing people's ratings across all the servers, as well as per server. I mean, who knows what they could do. Yep, and who knows? I mean, depending on how it's set up, I'm sure other people might figure out other ways to parse and, you know, put out the data. Indeed. There's no word, of course, on an API, which other devs could use, but you can always scrape the data and Mm -hmm. do other stuff with it. With leaderboards, there definitely comes prizes, right? You mean like at the end of season one? That sort of thing? Yeah, or maybe, you know, on a daily basis. Who knows? Well, Crassus is right. We can have the uh, the EPIN section now on UtiniCast. Yeah, definitely. That would be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) The only EPINing I do is my prestige number. Thank you. No, I I just hope that they'll be throwing some cartel coins the way of the... Maybe not so good players. <laughs> like a little stipend, you know? Help out the bottom. Here, you're obviously bad, so have something cosmetic as a reward. Yeah. Honestly, there is a major benefit to the leaderboards that is beyond the EPing. Naturally, you're going to have those people that do it. And they're going to have an attitude about it, and they're not going to play with other people that don't compete at their level and whatever. If you're a quiet player and that's not your game, it is still really nice to have a number that you can look up for yourself to see how you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also kind of nice if it's a web-based one that you might be able to find someone else on your server and talk to them. You know, like, oh, dude, you've got about 500 more than me and I've been plateaued at this certain point. You got any tips for me? Here's how I'm playing. You know, you can actually start meeting with people and and start developing characters better that way. Hmm. 
wonder how long it's will the, wonder how long it's going to be before this relates to PVE as well, and then we can have gear score. Well, actually, making the achievements public per individual would be the next logical step, wouldn't it? Mm. Yeah. We'll see general chat change quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, and visage it'll just be names initially and no other information, but obviously they can expand from there. Anyway, let us move on. Uh, the PTS was shut down on Friday morning, which concluded the testing of Game Update 2.4, The Dread War, which from everything they keep saying is due on October 1st, this coming Tuesday. It's kind of snuck up on us a little bit. Now, we'll no doubt go through the patch notes in detail in the next show, and there'll probably be stuff okay. we haven't heard about yet. But for now, just the major stuff, Oricon, new daily area, new story content. Certainly worth doing uh, before you actually do the two new raids. Okay. Two new raids are the Dread Fortress and the Dread Palace. Very nice. And finally, Warzone Arenas. 4v4 are both ranked with the preseason and they will be included in the unranked queue as well. Three to start and then apparently a fourth will be turning up sometime soon. Do we know if the new gear is coming right at the start of 2.4 or if it's coming out with season one? The new gear will be available on um, at start. Okay. Yeah, because it's tied to the arenas, right? And we've already got the weapons available anyway, don't we? Uh, well, you'll have the Conqueror set and the O'Brien set. So the Conqueror replaces Partisan. You'll be able to purchase all your Conqueror okay. pieces with uh, Warzone comms. The next tier up, which replaces Conqueror is now is the O'Brien and they you purchase using rank warzone comms the only other change worth mentioning well firstly you can't change the skill tree but once you queued for a warzone or in a warzone so all you guys who are respecking uh, like between uh, switch over in the void star stop it because you can't anymore uh, bolster's been up just adjusted a bit because of new gear levels and right. the PVP dailies and weeklies. Well, actually the weeklies are the only ones affected. They require completions of war zones, no longer wins. That, yeah. And we were talking, discussing whether we think that'll have much effect on like Tuesday when PVP guilds normally come to get, just sweep up some victories. Are they going to still, still come on Tuesday or are they just going to get their, 15 in during the week which will probably be you know for them more or less eight <laughs> eight wins presumably it all comes down to how many ranked warzone comms you will get from the ranked arenas if mm -hmm. they're sufficient they will it just won't make any sense to do unranked anything in which case they're all going to be off doing arenas and we'll just never step into a regular warzone again but we will see they may just do that as well just for the hell of it that's true well, it might only last that long for last that way for so long. It seems like Bioware wants to keep both systems going. So if they see that nobody's in one or the other, they're going to incentivize the not used one. I guess. I guess we'll right. see. It's just how things go. You, <laughs> you you incentivize people to do one or the other, or basically you put stuff out there. They do the one that's the most optimal, and then they jump over you know to whichever one's the most optimal. Right. No, no. What they do is they kill it without giving you an incentive to do it in the first place. Well, there's that too. Talking about good ways of running the game. I have been able to get confirmation that if you queue in a group of two or three unranked, whether that will actually keep you out of arenas. That was what I was told at the community canteen. Explicitly? Yes. That you cannot do arenas unless you're in a one or a four-man group. They made it that clear. For Well, that's clearly the case for, case for ranked, but you're saying that definitely applies unranked as well. I don't think my question... When I asked them, I never mentioned rank. 
I asked, is there any way for two or three people to get into an arena? And they said no. They, yeah, okay. So, implicit, they could have been talking about ranked only. Yeah, they, they could have. That's All true. Right. I so think that's right. My guess would be, and we'll see what happens next week, that, uh, yeah, groups of two and three can get into arenas just as they, just like you can for regular war zones if you're queuing unranked. For ranked, there is strictly a four-man queue and a solo queue. But anyway, we will see how all that plays out on Tuesday. It's going to be interesting. All right, now just a quick one. If you're after the Cassus Fets armor, which is coming in the Pitua's bounty pack on, which will actually become available on Thursday this week, which is 26 September, there's just a bug, which means you can actually complete the set without the belt, but that will hmm. be fixed on Tuesday in 2.4. So if you're after this particular set and Dolphy has a preview of it, it doesn't look too bad, actually. Well, if you're into that kind of look, but anyway... Um, yeah, you can actually complete it without the belt. Okay. So, a little bug you can take advantage of, which Musco told us about. And finally in the news, a kind of minor thing that's coming in 2.4, but they've changed it so that lore outfits can now have die modules applied. They had kept the uh, lore outfits pure, but now you can have pink, satil, shan outfits and whatever you want. I see. So, right. The named ones like Revan's yep. gear and so on. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of cool. Now, as far as whether this applies to pre-level 15 orange gear, no mention. Because I think that's what people would prefer more than the uh, lore outfits. Hmm. We will see. And that is the news. All right. That'll bring us to the community corner. Thanks to our old friend and guildmate Mags for his incredibly generous donation. And we mean incredibly. <laughs> we do indeed. Now, he suggested that we use that money to uh, pay for prizes, which we can give out. Maybe even hardware peripherals, but we're going to decide and uh, do that probably starting next week. But thanks, Max. Sounds good. Very much appreciated. Yeah. And uh, Vile's uh, raid team is ready to go. So Vile's back and they're going to start up uh, Monday only still or how many? What days of the week, Tio? Correct. It is still Monday evening. That is, I believe, 530 Pacific, 830 okay. Eastern. And yeah, just that one night. So the Violators are back in action. <laughs> All right. And Cal's Utini Templar's rating report. Hi, guys. Uh, Wednesday night, we revisited our old Nemesis EC in story mode, though. We had no issues at all, so we might try that one next week on hard mode and see if we can get the mechanics right. This week on Thursday night, we ran an almost full clear on Scum and Villainy. No issues whatsoever, just ran out of time and couldn't complete the final boss. Friday night, we only managed to get through uh, story mode of um, Tavoro's Courtyard due to maintenance. Had an interesting things happen in that no ads spawned. Due to that bug, we thought we might try hard mode. <laughs> but everything went pear-shaped when the ads did spawn. I've spoken to a couple of others about it, and they all had ads spawning on their story mode run, so we must have just gotten lucky. <laughs> wow. Thanks, guys, and have fun on the 100th Cal. Cool. <laughs> and to you, you wanted to say something about the SWOTOR Escape podcast. Yep, there's another SWOTOR podcast that has popped up. It's hosted by Max and Sima from the AIE Guild on Jedi Covenant. Uh, they have five episodes in so far. It's only a short show, just over half an hour. They just okay. talk about uh, what they do in the guild and things. It's similar to us, and they have a reasonably positive outlook on the game. So, yeah, well worth uh, listening cool. to. Yeah. I'll check it out. Have they actually been out on time every week? <laughs> uh, yes, so far. Very nice. I, I, the only reason I ask is because a lot of times if, if it isn't regular, I start removing them from my list because I get impatient waiting. 
It just starts to anger me. Hit podcast like that. <laughs> well, you don't count, man. <laughs> you get the pass for free. The addicted now is like a rare jewel that when you see it on your leash, like, oh, there's a new one, and you can you hold it and you listen to it. Well, actually, I cheated. I subscribed on the YouTube channel, so I just go and watch it there instead. That way, you get it a month in advance. And the the name's kind of clever too, with the Escape Podcast. No, it's good stuff. Oh, nice. I get it. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that brings us to the force feedback. Where we read out your tweets and emails. The Malgadar at the Malgadar tweeted, "Congrats on episode 100 to the best damn Swotor podcast." Period. <laughs> Thanks, Malgadar. Uh, Yoji Vowery. Uh, at Yoji Vowery, happy 100th episode. Thank you. Ben B, happy 100th episode recording day to the one of the best SWOTOR podcasts around the Utini cast. Uh, Gaddick Teague, at G Teague, three cheers to Utini cast turning 100. Uh, at Greg Carter 78, grats to, on the ton. Now kiss your helmet and keep batting. Cricket reference. T.O. may have to explain. <laughs> Here's to 100 more. Do you even, do you like uh, cricket or do you understand the cricket reference, T.O.? Yes, but I don't like cricket, so move on. (laughs) At Chaz Lobo, grats on your 100th episode. (laughs) The force is strong with these guys. Uh, Well, not Hypnotoad, just not enough cartel coins. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Uh, Amber, uh, Amber Green, uh, who's from Bioware, at (laughs) K0H4KU, tweeted to us, So often while listening, I say thank you aloud. You guys remind me that most players are reasonable. (laughs) Thank you, Amber. And we should note that her Twitter handle, her Twitter handle is Kohaku, which means Amber in Japanese. Okay. It's kind of cool. That is cool. It's kind of like Redna, R3PN4. That's right. Mm. Except yours isn't also Japanese. Amber also tweeted uh, regarding PVP note queries from episode 99. It was actually an exploit fix. Now you just can't accept the button is grayed out, I think. This was the res. If you have a res request or res thing waiting, when you accept a Warzone invite, that's what actually happens. So people were right. somehow exploiting it. So, Well, I would assume then that, yeah, it just stays up. And then the first time you die, you get to go right back up live again. Yeah. Oh, well, no more of that. No more of that. The button is grayed out. So. I'm always a week late on all these exploits. <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> yes, yes, that's that's it. That's right. At Big Fat PJ tweeted, thought I was giving a speech in Scum and Villainy, <laughs> reading the chat window. And today, if you vote for me, I'll make sure there's a head on every spike and blood will flow in the streets. <laughs> and he's using the cherry remote in front of the, uh, the crowd of guys before the last boss. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Very nice. And Baffle, at underscore Baffle. Great bit in episode 99 about MMO term origins. Keep it coming. I always thought proc meant procure. Who knew? Yeah, no worries. Yeah, too. I really enjoyed that, actually, because I never knew what proc meant either. I mean, I knew how to use it, but that was great. Yeah, no, I'm really glad you brought it up. Mez was a big one for me. I was like, no idea where that came from. There's a lot of other MMO terms we could probably handle at some point in the future. (laughs) Yeah. Mike Thumb at GnomeFTW. I like that handle. I have a good Empire Guild and now a good Republic Guild. Just got my Utini cast invite. Woot! Welcome aboard. Welcome, Mike. Yeah. Uh, Leonard Buckley at LW Buck tweeted to us, still have 48 episodes left, so no room <laughs> for the new 
<laughs> iOS 7. On episode 50, but catching up quick, Utinicast saved me. <laughs> uh, the, and he also tweeted, the podcast is excellent, integrity of the show comes through, and the positive attitude is refreshing. Outstanding job so far. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you, <laughs> Leonard. Uh, Armand Gregan at Greg Carter 78 tweeted, can confirm killing vendors and outlaws den gives expertise boost. It does not boost percentages though. Which is kind of cool. So your expertise number goes up by quite a lot. He's showing 24, 22, whereas the cap is 2018. But the actual, all of the percentages you get from that expertise are at cap. So I see. So can't get you past the cap, really. Correct. Just looks good. Yeah. <laughs> At uh, Master Bear Jedi tweeted several things. Just finished the consular story for the second time. Definitely my favorite. Now I'm going to go finish Ilum for the first time. <laughs> then on to McKev. <laughs> I don't know how you... I, I always feel compelled to do Ilum just because it sticks onto your in, onto your mission log otherwise, and you can't get rid of it. Otherwise, I'd skip it a lot more. <laughs> I mean, it, it's fine the first time. Anyway, Master Bear Jedi also tweeted, I know I'm so behind. I haven't seen anything past the first Mesa of McKeb yet. I wanted to do it with my new main for the first time. And then uh, later on, finished Ilum, ran a flashpoint, and now I'm level 52. Headed to McKeb to experience the whole epicness for the first time. Hashtag excited. <laughs> and later, it's like we're reading the diary of McKeb here. These were over time, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Two things. First, j just finished the section X dailies for the first time. Those things are long. No wonder they were unpopular. And second, just arrived on McKeb, and I gotta say, the opening to the consular McKeb path was awesome. They're all pretty good, actually. <laughs> they are yeah. all pretty good. Yeah, they sort of parallel, but that's one of the things that most of all is different between the different classes, is that opening uh, that opening talk. And RPG Beats RL, <laughs> at RPG Beats RL, uh, who is Simon from the Flashpoint podcast. Find out more at theoceanicgamer.com. They still do talk some SWOTOR, I should note, as well as other games oh, that they're playing, but yeah. All right. And the Oceanic, Oceanic Gamer, so Australian. Mm -hmm. Very, very much so. It's very good nice. stuff. <laughs> awesome. Tweeted to us uh, and Sotor family. Uh, so when can I buy this sitting emote off the cartel market? And then he has a pic picture. <laughs> I immediately thought of hip. I don't know why. Oh, uh, that's funny. <laughs> 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 Looks like his neck's broken. <laughs> I know. It, it looks like a pretty awkward yeah. position. Yeah, it looks I, like a I, scarecrow. I actually hope he's drunk. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> if he's drunk, he's not. He might not have damaged anything. That would be a winner. What would the slash command be? Slash super, maybe. <laughs> that was my reply. And Simon suggested or slash fuba. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and he also tweeted, "Is it just me, or would these be perfect for staring at a Tuscan Raider's knees with?" Nice. Anyway. Certainly do look like macro binoculars. Yeah, these are digital recording yeah. binoculars, which you can actually purchase. That is cool. Yeah. So it's binoculars, but it also records. Mm -hmm. That is so cool. This is like the like totally perverted. I mean, who who actually needs these things? Then yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Like, oh, just perfect for a creeper. That's all I'm thinking about. Hmm. I wonder what the distance. I wonder what the zoom's like on them because it's uh, it doesn't look like the optical thing like stretches past. Yeah, it you says know. dual G lens with 25 by zoom. Hmm. I wonder, maybe it's a digital zoom. Don't know. 
It's hard to say. It doesn't say, so... It's saying it on the same line as the lens, so I would hope that means actual zoom rather than digital zoom. Because if it's not, that's rather misleading. Oh, so they're recording 3D as well, maybe? Because otherwise, why not just buy a badass camera with a massive lens? Yeah, true. Although binoculars might be more uh, comfortable if you're, you know, doing bird watching or something. If you're RPing Star Wars, I suppose, maybe there's your... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> looking for banthas. Couldn't you get it just <laughs> a cheap plastic prop if you're going to do that? <laughs> well, it, if you want to go the cheap route, too. I mean, some people those like things, to go all in. They're almost $2,000. Bloody hell. <laughs> do you know yeah. how much those uh, Stormtrooper costumes cost? For those people who, like, actually, like, get the full-on costume? No, oddly like, enough. The helmet alone is, like, 500 bucks. Really? Oh, God. <laughs> wow. I have a buddy. <laughs> it right. sounds like... <laughs> no, truly, I do have a, a buddy. Have a friend. Okay, fine, then my friend. You know, I'm way too cheap to do this. You guys should know this by That's now. That's But anyways, true. He, he, see? <laughs> the truth. Um, I have a buddy, though, who free. does do it. And he uh, he's part of the 501st mm-hmm. guard or something like that. And oh, so wow. I, it's like this thing. Yeah, it's fully legit. Like, he uh, he goes to, like, Admiral's games, and they go to hospitals for, like, kids and, like, all sorts right. of stuff. And they like, do a lot of charity, st- charity work and stuff as yeah. well. Yeah. They call it, like, trooping or something like that. And, like... It basically is throw on your, you know, Star Wars costume and go do something that Star Wars people shouldn't be doing, like hanging out at the park, pushing your daughter on a swing in a full on speeder costume. It's That's insane. The speeder costume? He's got, well, his costume is it. He's got the uh, the speeder bikes from Endor. Scout trooper, Oni. The bloody scout troopers. Jesus. There's some venom in that voice there, too. (laughs) Yeah, so he's got the scout trooper. So, so wait, wait, wait. I think that uh, Arpaiji says it about right. Oni, are you saying you have friends? I have lots of friends, okay? I don't know. (laughs) Um, So, do you know how much the the TIE Fighter pilot helmet costs? There, There is a lot more detail in that than the... The Stormtrooper one, right? I, I don't know. It's it's yeah. the it's the molds and stuff like that. He actually sent me the website. He was like, yeah, you should get one, Eric. And then we'll go to Gen Con together and we'll troop. I'm like, oh, sure, I'll look into it. I saw the present. I'm like, yeah, that's not him. <laughs> it's a couple thousand dollars to get a full suit, like head to toe. Yeah, no. I mean, you got to think a lot of these guys have like... That's insane. Well, wild. Except for the pilot, the, the pilot outfit, you could make most of it. The helmet's expensive. I would be a Jedi. No, 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 no. Yeah. You don't get it. They actually, you are required to take pictures and go and get like authorized by other people. And if you don't have the right suede in the right position and all this, like, it's the full on deal. Like, these people will critique the entire thing and say, well, that's fine. But change. if you're paying someone, like, then you do it yourself and make sure it's true to the show. You know, you look at the movies or look up all the pictures online and you make it yourself. Yeah. Components aren't cheap, and then buy the helmet because that's a piece of plastic you can't do yourself right. at home. Just, just go, go look at the costumes. Look at all the plastic. Look at all the components, all the pieces. It, it adds up real quick. Okay. I want to make a um, sand person outfit. That's going to be my Halloween costume one of these years for sure. All right, that'd be cool. Has, has your friend cauterized his armor or anything, or is that going too far? Well, he's in the, he's a trooper. I mean, he's not a dead trooper. He could still have had a lightsaber injury. Or... I'll talk to him about that. I'll, I'll, I'll go over to his house with a propane torch and say, hey, we're going to fantasize this. This is going to be post-Luke intervention. <laughs> I, I wouldn't spend that kind of money, but uh, I wouldn't mind getting like one decent like Jedi outfit or something that I could then have a reasonably good you know, Halloween costume or whatever for a costume party or you know something that you could just have from then on. Well, the Jedi outfits are a lot cheaper. You go out and you just have a burlap mm-hmm. sack. Well, it's a, a bathrobe, basically. A lot easier. <laughs> I saw somewhere that you could get the full-on 
I mean, it's still expensive, but the full-on white trooper standard outfit from the original movies, you can get those for like 1100 bucks. I don't think you'll get into this yeah, trip. That's, that's, that's a chunk fully of change. Authentic. Yeah, it's still a lot of money, but yeah. it's not two or 3000 <laughs> And then it's not fitted to you, by the way, if you get those ones. Does it come with a blaster? Hmm. You have probably to buy that not. separately. Probably. Probably not. A, a working one, too, even. <laughs> Ideally. It'll never hit anything. all right on we press uh brian peters tweeted who is also f nord 3125 listening to old episodes brought back memories especially the orange pixel i wanted to form a church of the orange pixel guild (laughs) referring for those of you who probably forgotten when the game first launched there was an orange pixel just one somewhere on the screen no matter what you did it was always there it was actually a bug which they had to fix yep mm. is this after launch it was, there it was at around launch. launch time yeah mm-hmm. it was at launch it took them a while to fix or did they fix it in the beta it was pretty early on it was right around that time i don't remember exactly it dawns on me i had a piece of crap machine i probably thought it was my computer i'm problem. pretty sure i never saw it i just never noticed it do you reckon that's caused like a one pixel screen burn can that happen if you play for 50 hours in a row, maybe. And not with an LCD <laughs> monitor, as we just right. see old CRTs. If you do recall at launch, yeah. there were people that were putting in, you know, double shifts in this game. That's, I can't Averaging, imagine that. What was it, 15, 15 hours a day average for the first yeah. week? Yeah. Burning through the content. We wouldn't do that. David Carr at Casmus underscore. Uh, tweeted to us and Tio in regards to episode 15 <laughs> re- re- talking about Australian server location Kazma says you've got the Perth population wrong we're not 100,000 but above 1 million population a factor of 10 yeah that was like uh, Dr. Evil levels of error there but that's yes. okay <laughs> <laughs> no we actually don't take the west coast particularly seriously in Australia in fact we keep forgetting about it well, it's, I think a lot of people think that basically anything, so the 75% of Australia west of the East Coast is just all desert. That's a general American opinion. Well, it is. Everybody forgets about Perth. I assumed everything was just a suburb of Sydney. You know, you guys are just all right there around it. and Right. Yeah, everybody lives around that opera house, right? <laughs> How is that opera house to you? You can see it from your house, right? <laughs> I have seen it flying into Sydney, but... All right. RTB at RTB. New picture of my bounty hunter with his trophy kill. Very nice uh, picture of a Rancor death there. Those are cool blasters. And he did a good job cap- capturing it with the uh, blaster effects. Yeah, that's good stuff. And Dirta Dirta at Dirta Dirta tweeted, Regarding trouble with Zuva ads on hard mode dash rude. One, the power generator is healable. And two, have a DPS Mark I uh, of the Zuvas as a priority target. These are the ads that eat the power generators and the first boss in Scum and mm-hmm. Villainy. And yeah, that is a fantastic tip, knowing the power generator is healable. Yeah, that by itself might save us. And then having the priority target is not a bad idea either. Yeah, for sure. Dude, the power generator being healable, that's pretty wickedly cool. Mm-hmm. You could have your healers as you roll up on the location, focus target. Exactly. You exactly. probably would, yes. Yep. You'd want them to, <laughs> since they, there's no e- other easy way to, to, to see how they're doing health-wise. Absolutely. Uh, that's a, that's a freaking tip of the week winner right there. In <laughs> yes, if you have tips of the week, utinicast at gmail.com. Uh, Aaron McGill, at True Blue Colt Fan, tweeted to us, Hey, thought you might find this new gaming desk from kickstarter interesting i'm getting one for swotor now it's the paradise desk 
It's the first desk com design completely for computer enthusiasts. Well, it's pretty extreme. It's got everything kind of mm. integrated into it. I see. So all the electronics yeah, are kind power of there. sources and everything in the desk itself. Yeah, it's pretty slick. USB, the video cable, yeah. the DVI. Yeah. Right. It's even got right. Yeah, ports. So all you have to do is plug the uh, you plug the desk into the wall and everything's covered. That's pretty nice. Yeah. Is, yeah. Does it go up and down? I wonder. Given how much you'll probably end up paying for it, probably. Probably adjusts in some way. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so yeah, that looks awesome. All right, uh, Simon Roff at Simon Roff. That's R O F F E. I'm guessing on the pronunciation. Uh, thought this was a cool kids' room until I saw the wampa under the bed. That guy would guarantee zero sleep. Yeah, I included this because that actually looks really creepy. But uh, maybe that's just me. <laughs> I think it's pretty clever though. You know, monster under the bed, so you put a wampa there. Oh, that poor kid. <laughs> a lot less creepy than, like, the uh, sewage monster. Fair enough. <laughs> it could be tentacles. I'm just thinking that I get out of the bed in the middle of night to use the bathroom and trip over his head and get pissed off every time I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining the psychological issues that kid's going to have when he grows up. No way. The lamp has, like, a, a an empire symbol on it or a republic symbol on it? Yeah, yeah. republic symbol. The kid might think that wampas are actually like friendly, like protectors, though. Let's be real, guys. This is a bad blaster bolt bedroom. This is freaking yeah. awesome. No, I don't like the actual bed. I mean, if they're going to go yeah. so far with all the rest of the Star Wars stuff. People put bare rugs onto their floor. A bear, uh, rug wampa is just as legit. Could be like a trophy. Yeah, the bed could be yeah. something like a speeder or, or something. I'm just or, I was, or maybe an oversized version of one of the seats in the Jedi Council. Right. That'd be there cool. Yeah. Or it could be the little chessboard thing. What's the chessboard? Yeah. It could be it could be a hollow chess. Alright. Uh Chong, also known as Moff Chong, head of the Utini Fight Club, uh, who is on Twitter at Empire Divider, tweeted, Wow, look at this new helm. Oh wait, never mind. Yeah, it's one of those <laughs> fun little uh, things where two people are in the same spot and they're sort of clipping exactly. each other in an unusual way. Yeah. Oh, is that what it's happened? It's an amazing yeah. effect though. That would be it is. A, it looks really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I totally thought that it like misfit and was sitting on top of his head. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, Green Armadillo at PVD blog. Thoughts on our recent conversation on my blog? Uh, no one wants you to re read an email this long. He also congratulates us on episode 100. Yeah, I have read his uh, post. It's actually it just expands on what we'd sort of been talking about with him in uh, based on mm -hmm. previous comment. Uh, I think I'll get the, you guys to read it and we'll talk about it next week. Alrighty. And we also got some emails. Rub uh, emailed in Tio and Chill in the great wisdom of Yoda. Try not do or do not. There is no try. You guys have certainly done and make a great podcast, which has made a great community around it and the game we all love. Uh, so all I can say is grats on your 100th episode and thanks for all the work you and your guest hosts have put in over the last nearly two years. I always look forward to the new eps and now with 50% more fun with the live recordings and <laughs> with the chat room. Hoping the podcast goes for a lot longer in the future and meaning not just more episodes, but also the amount of time each episode is recorded for. <laughs> yes, Rub is often uh, <laughs> stumping for that. Uh, thanks again, your loyal listener and friend, Glenn, a.k.a. Rub. Rub, <laughs> I you. am trying to make you happy. I am <laughs> push every time. Hey, did you know that um, James Caan from Misery and Godfather and stuff? Uh, mm-hmm. Was well, he was interviewed. Uh, he went for the role of Harrison Ford, or sorry, of, of Han Solo. Uh, Han Solo. Uh -huh. Yeah, he was on Stern. They're talking about it recently, and he also slabbered about Harrison Ford, saying that he's a terrible actor. 
Yeah, we actually, I did a, there was a Star Wars trivia question about a bunch of people who tried out for Han Solo. Yeah, I think because he was so inexperienced, maybe that sort of helped the rule. But yeah, I shouldn't try and hit you with trivia, chill. <laughs> Alrighty, Grim emailed, good day, chill and Tio. Just a quick note to say congratulations on episode 100. I have no idea how you managed to keep the episodes coming on such a regular schedule. I have no idea how you managed to keep that great balance between being informative, entertaining, supportive, and even critical when needed. I have no idea, but I don't have to. I just enjoy the fruits of your labors. See you in game, Grim. Thank you, Grim. <laughs> Thank you, Grim. Thank you. <laughs> I do think that the regularity of the schedule would really help. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if we were to get some cartel coin compensation for it, <laughs> Bioware really needs to provide us with cartel coin compensation. It's really going to be terrible when I deliver a show late. You know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could happen. You could be responsible could for heart attacks and freakouts everywhere too. Game stores getting burned down. Be terrible. Hans Gruber emailed, congratulations on 100 episodes. Your hard work and dedication is realized and certainly ap appreciated. Me and my machine gun truly thank you. Ho, oh, ho, oh, ho. Oh. <laughs> I always like that one. Yeah. Uh, Rindali, Rind Rindialo, is that how we're going to pronounce that? Rindialo, I like that. Uh, I was just wondering with the recent launcher update this week, this is the second time since I've been back to the game where there's been this type of patch. On both times, the download has exceeded 15 hours whew, for me to download into my computer, including the last 2% to complete its process. My question is, how long does this process take for you, and how may I speed up the time so I can get back to the game? Uh, both times, I've lost more than an entire... Uh, day of game time service, in other words. Rindy Yellow, Mercenary Hunter from Jedi Covenant server. This is clearly not normal. The update was, normal. was yesterday morning, and yeah, it took maybe 30 seconds, maybe a minute. Did they say their location was like Turkmenistan or uh, Palestine <laughs> or something? P.S. I'm sailing across the Pacific. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, how, how does it take that long? New computer, new internet connection. <laughs> The actual launcher know. update, which I didn't actually mention, it was in the there are patch notes for it, is fairly minor stuff, really just bug fixes and some language internationalization fixes as well. They have said, though, that they are aware of their uh, current concerns around the launcher. Remember, they did switch it to this streaming version a while ago. Right. That was the last major yeah. change to the launcher. I could, see it, I could see it being related to that. Maybe it's related to some sort of security feature where... You know, the launcher isn't getting permission to go ahead and make these changes that will, you know, allow it to download content and change your computer and all that. Well, maybe. Or maybe it's just getting confused. They are certainly updating it and hopefully they will be fixing it. So, yeah, what you're experiencing is not normal and isn't the way it should mm -hmm. work. No. Right. Yeah, it's all a bit messed up. That issue a few months ago where I couldn't log into the game at all, like I was trying to load it and it was taking forever. I don't know if you remember that too. I ended up having to wipe everything off my computer and just completely reinstall everything and I haven't really had an issue since then. Sometimes an installation can just get balked and yeah, you've so. got no choice but a clean install. This only has happened to me in that I couldn't update the PTS and I had to do a complete reinstall for that, bizarrely enough. Uh, but otherwise, it's never happened. Well, and the other thing I wonder with him is, is if he's a regular player or if he's somebody like me who... Maybe it stopped playing for a month or two and then came back to it. And maybe I missed a few updates and so I was trying to like skip over some updates. That's right. what I, in my own head, I think that maybe that's what's happening because I didn't do them sequentially. And maybe when I jumped over one, something didn't get installed. Or it, shouldn't it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter. 
It shouldn't. But anyway, hmm. so it's you're not doing anything wrong. Well, it's extremely unlikely you are. It's just bugs in their stuff, which they are hoping to fix uh, in the process of fixing. So just hang tight, and next time this shouldn't happen. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of amazed that something that took that long didn't completely bomb out. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's impressive that it actually continued. Well, trial and error. If, I, if it's if other things are happening with other games that you're having similar issues, then just reinstall everything or. If not, try try a different computer, and, and if that works, then shoot. A, a good thing to test too. Well, I don't know how it works when you're updating the launcher. Can you pause when the launcher is updating no. or not? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. So you, if it doesn't, well, the launcher is quite small. I mean, in if it really is screwy like that, you may as well just do a complete, do a clean install of the launcher. All your game files should, in theory, remain in place. Or you can always mm-hmm. copy them back over. So before I forget. Uh, Ben B, I know I've been following him on Twitter with this conversation with Amber because he's been concerned about getting his The Risen title. All right. They have told him they are supposed to all be out by end of day. I think he said today. They have a few. Yeah. So by end of day today, which is probably central time. So midnight United States central time. Everybody should have their title received in the mail by that point. If they have not, then they will need to contact customer service and work it out from there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and I believe Amber said that you had to have been a sub- purchased the game before September 12th right. in order to receive the title. Yep, fair enough. Yeah. Takes a while. Like a nice souffle. You Get will it. receive uh, it as a mail item per for every character that you have and every new character. It's just an item that you use to grant yourself yeah. the uh, title. Yeah. When I make a new character, I have like 12 things waiting for me in the box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't expire either. Yeah. And also, no. worth noting, just a, a handy tip is what the first thing I do with a new character is empty its mailbox completely. Um, as soon as all that stuff hits your inventory, it's added to your collection. So you can actually delete most of it and you can always get back cool. out of your collection for free. Very nice. All right. Uh, Trev emailed us. So, treating myself after getting a new job, I decided to get some cartel packs. Uh, not selling them or uh, playing the GTN, just opening them and seeing them. What do I get on my first pack? A Cathar sword. But it was the worst thing to happen because then I bought some more. <laughs> the moral of the story, stop while you're ahead. <laughs> and granted, I did the same thing just yesterday and got an awesome thing on the last pack. A luxury skiff. Also, plenty of things to <laughs> dump or sell when no one wants them in the routine rage bank. It needs to be filled up too. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, that they say that actually one of the best ways to not become a lifelong gambler is to, like, r- lose really badly the first time you gamble. Yeah. Mm. So I've always heard. I mean, you know, imagine, like, the first time you go to a casino and, all the, you know, you come home with, like, extra $10,000 in your pocket. You know, all yeah. of a sudden, you're going <laughs> to... Gambling looks a whole lot better than if you have the more typical experience of <laughs> draining your cash. Yeah, you always want to lose first because it prohibits you from going hog wild later. It's strange that they don't have something in there to, you know, automatically give someone something nice to begin with. I suppose they wouldn't be random, though. (laughs) That's right. All right, uh, Palais, uh, congratulations on episode 100. Yours is one of the podcasts I most look forward to hearing each week. I was amused to realize your 100th episode is the same day as my 50th birthday. Congratulations. Yeah. 
And I wanted to give a counterpoint to one of your recurring topics. I know all of you tend to like the various multifunction keyboards and keyboard substitutes, such as the Nostromo, the Logitech G510, and so forth. But I would like to praise the IBM Model M keyboard. <laughs> While I've dabbled with other keyboards over the years, I still keep coming back to my Model M keyboard. No other keyboard has quite the touch typist feel to it, not even the non-buckling springs mechanical keyboards. I've recently discovered an amusing uh, thing. I've been using this same keyboard for 25 years. Literally the same one. My spare still sits unused. <laughs> when I mentioned how old my keyboard was and how long I'd been using it, several Gillies commented that my keyboard was older than them. <laughs> <laughs> now I have a new way of teasing the younger ones when they starting getting, start getting too cocky about their age. <laughs> Here's to the next 100 episodes, play at Jedi Covenant. Very nice. Now, what's so good about this keyboard? Uh, very sturdy, apparently. <laughs> Manufactured in 1989. Well, like anything from the 80s or this 70s, is... it's just overbuilt and just throw more yeah. plastic at it and make it bigger, stronger, tougher. They they actually do tend to be uh, very well ruggedly built. <laughs> I want to see how long it takes for Chill to get through a key on this bad boy. This is actually almost identical, perhaps identical to the keyboard that I had for a good, geez, 15 years. Yeah, it's because <laughs> the IBM Model M and everybody had this keyboard for forever. The <laughs> only reason I had to get rid of it was because I was like my senior year of college and I spilt beer on it and it stopped working. Actually, yeah. I didn't even spill the beer. One of my friends did. Yeah. And I was so pissed off. And he's like, well, I'll buy you a new one. I'll buy you a new one. I'm like, dude, you can't get me this keyboard anymore. Yep. And now you have to replace your keyboard like every three or four years or your buttons start looking like chills. So they're still making <laughs> one like it that was made in 2012? Well, wow, you see that on the Wikipedia page? Uh, Unicomp Classic 104 in 2012 nice. you know they still make v-dub bugs down in uh, mexico i wonder do, does it have does it have macros can you can you program macros into it yeah you, you just you take your hand like this and you just slap it down as many keys as you can that's your macro that's right <laughs> and you're hoping that <laughs> yeah that's it that's the question i mean don't those really old keyboards only have like one button input thing at a time like you can't press two buttons at the same time that's got that nice tactile no, feel can. so it springs back so beautiful cool. This is what they did. This is the definition of that. Uh, what was that thing? Mechanical buttons or whatever that Tia was talking about on the description right. for his mouse. This is where that came from. If anyone ever breaks into your house and creeps up on you, at least you can smash them over the head with it as well, probably. <laughs> Use it to stop a bullet. You just hold it up and. Yeah. And just a note on my Nostromo, one of the keys does have a nice round circle where the 09 used to be. Oh, wow. So <laughs> yeah, now the black stuff is all gone and now it's the, the clear plastic that now shines blue through it underneath. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get a Kickstarter started for a metal keyboard or something with like aluminum keys for chill. <laughs> Boss singer. Give him a glove or something to wear while he's playing. Something a little softer. <laughs> Save the keyboards. Wow. That's very cool. Uh, Brian emailed, I played SWOTOR from the very beginning, was in two beta tests, and pre-ordered the collector's edition, but stopped playing around the time the free-to-play option became available because the handful of friends that I had uh, who were playing at the time were also quitting and switching to other games. Recently, I became interested in playing again, and with the current offer of bonus goodies for returning subscribers and the expansion being included in the subscription, I decided to jump back in. 
Along with that, I decided to do a little search for any still active SWOTOR-related podcasts and found yours. I've only listened to two episodes so far. I really like your generally positive and enthusiastic attitudes about the game and the atmosphere of the podcast. I definitely look forward to listening to more, especially once I start actually playing again. But listening has brought a few things to light for me. First, I have forgotten a lot about the game since I last played. And second, that a lot of things have clearly changed or been added. I haven't felt as generally overwhelmed and confused since the first beta test that I did. Is there any way that you can recommend a good resource for me to tr uh, look at to try to catch myself up on these big changes and additions to the game over the last year since free-to-play was added? And lastly, I've been thinking about the social aspects of the game a lot. I don't play a lot of MMOs. I almost exclusively play games by myself, but I really enjoy co-op games. I never really minded playing SWOTOR solo, and especially towards the end of my previous playtime, when I finished the storyline of my only level 50 character, most of my play was solo. Thanks again, and I'm looking forward to listening to more episodes during my podcast listening time, a.k.a. work. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Uh... I don't know about a source to come up, uh, you know, to show you all the different changes over time, but uh, certainly there have been a lot. Yeah, I can't think of anything either. What I'm thinking actually is we should put something like this together for our uh, the show we do for the anniversary of the game. Right. Just, just coming up through the various changes and yeah, uh, mm -hmm. yes, a month or two really. Is that what right. he's asking for? Is, ask, is he asking for somewhere for resources now that he's back on the game? He's asking for that. But they don't exist, as far as I know. I can't think of any single source. I mean, you could listen to our back catalogue, but uh, actually, I wouldn't push I mean, that the, on anyone. But uh, the other thing you could do is uh, go to the website and look at each of the patch notes as it came out. But that would be dull. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and as far as solo play, I'm, that's certainly how I do most of my leveling. Still, when I'm leveling up a character, uh, in fact, I find it really hard to do, you know, just a flashpoint or a war zone. You know, by myself, I, I don't enjoy it as much, but I really like, I still really enjoy solo leveling. Yeah, so, I agree. Uh, certainly there's, yeah, lots of class stories to check out and good stuff to do that way. And then, uh, yeah, maybe give a, a guild a try. Uh, and I, speci I find especially when you're in voice chat is really when it sort of changes for me. If I'm in a... Yeah long time ago like in warcraft i was in a lot of you know casual guilds so-called um and they were fine and we did some you know leveling up together and stuff like that but you know once i was actually talking to you know live people then it it really became uh that's when it really became a community for me i'll be talking about that a little bit more in, in a bit yeah i'm gonna be honest i actually well I've found that I am actually the oddball for most people that play this game. It seems like everybody likes to level up solo. Mm -hmm. And I have not done that. That's true. Pretty much every single alt I have made, and I've got plenty at max cap now, but it's one friend or another that we've just done it all together. And when I wasn't, I was doing space missions or PvP or whatever, just as filler. And certainly I'd level a little bit faster than my friends, but we would always do the content together. That being said, it seems to be the real strength of this game compared to like World of Warcraft. None of us were interested in running, like the friends that I play with now were friends I used to play with in World of Warcraft and none of us ever made that, when well, I didn't make any alts. I couldn't make anything past 25 because it was such a dull grind. And my friends may have together, but no more than one, maybe two. Uh, and I feel like this game 
itself is so much more compelling in the story itself. You know, even though I've done it with my friends all the way through, we shut each other up <laughs> when the story is happening. <laughs> Watching the cutscenes, listening and, and paying attention to the story is just so compelling that even if you're with other people, you kind of want to shut them up. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, as an altaholic, I, I had a lot of characters in uh, World of Warcraft and... Obviously, though, wasn't I mean there wasn't really a story too much to follow. I mean, you were doing the, or at least you were doing the same story each time. Uh, f- but for me, one of the things that I always like about MMOs is learning the different mechanics, so different how different classes play and different specs and and so on. And uh, so that's that's the reason I was able to to get through a lot of uh, characters. But it it was it felt a lot more grindy than Swotor does. Swotor doesn't feel nearly as grindy because of because I'm looking forward to the story all the time. I'll be the voice of uh, contrast. I actually enjoyed leveling Ultimore and WoW. I, I think it was just the even if it was just the illusion of multiple paths, um, mm-hmm. where I could go to this zone or this zone, or hey, I haven't done this continent for a while. I'll do that. Um, it, it also might have right. been how I leveled in WoW was a little bit differently. I leveled a lot of my tunes. I leveled like with my brother or some of my friends. Will we had specific characters that we only leveled together and. This was even before I was raiding with, with you guys. You know, we'd have like a Friday night, you know, and just pound out some new uh, new horror tunes or something. So, I mean, for me, leveling in WoW, I felt like I could at least change it, even though I may have done it before. Mm-hmm. I hadn't done it for a year or something like this, where it just felt like it was uh, when I was leveling alts in Swotor, it's like, okay, I got to do this. And yes, I was just doing that. And it just seemed a lot harder for me to get through, um, even with the story. And maybe it was more or less because I wanted to just keep doing just the story mode of the new tune and the other mm-hmm. quest having to do those to fill in felt annoying to me. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe that was the issue was that I'm like, this is great right. story. This is great story. And then there was that interruption, like, okay, well you actually need to get a few more levels before you can go on to the next portion of your story. So do this. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess right. if you could just do the story to level all the way through, then I, yeah, I would have definitely loved to level more alts. I, I really want to do my Sith warrior. Actually, for a subscriber, that's actually quite possible now. Is it? Uh, yeah. What you do is you make sure you make sure to have your twenty five. You use the rest, of course, and your subscribers, so you have that benefit. Um, but also, you make sure to have the twenty five percent experience bonus boost up most of the time because they're fairly they're fairly cheap on the auction on the okay. GTN. And with that, and for your class story missions, you can get thirty percent boost from your legacy unlock. Right. So when you stack all that stuff together, it gets much much easier. Where you basically play your class mission, and maybe once in a while fill it with a ship mission or a PvP or a flashpoint, mm-hmm. and just once in a while doing that on top of your class mission, you can get all the way through. Yep. I still agree with Donnie that I think that. There was, it felt like more of a persistent world or whatever, and it did feel like there was more choice. But it, it, in a contrast, the, the story is much better on the Sotor side. It would be nice if we could sort of amalgamate the two, or if Star Wars could go back and put in like loads, loads Extra more content, content. In, the, yeah. <laughs> in the early levels. Well, here's a fundamental difference between the two models. You have the Empire follows one path. And the only difference is that when we go to Taurus, they go to Balmora. When we go to Balmora, they go to Taurus. Right. Otherwise, we're going to the same planets at the same level. The mission lines are completely different. The mission lines are different, so you see different sides of it. So the difference between the Empire and the Republic is pretty significant. And they tell, at oftentimes, unique stories. We have planets which gate you. 
and we're all following the same path. So it is a smaller universe, even though WoW is just a planet. It doesn't need to be. They can just make each planet the size of, uh, you know, WoW, you know, so you can have like your Night Elf area on Hoth. This I'd like to see. I would like them to expand. If they do any more level material, it would be nice to expand the existing areas, but implement higher level content. And you start bringing in different communities from different level groups and integrating a little bit more. Mm. It would be neat. Madman emailed, would love to hear more about the three monitor setup. I have two monitors and have thought about getting a third, but didn't know that Swotor supported this. Sounds, I, I think you gave a lot of details when you last talked about it. Basically, it stretches left to right and it's 5200 by 19 by whatever it is and it just kind of stretches out 5760 by mm-hmm. 1080p yeah it's i mean we went over it somebody the one thing that somebody did ask me about was you know how likely is it that their computer could do it from the research that i've been able to tell i mean of course you'd want to have something that's at least what two three years old but the technology's been around for a long time the big key is that you need two video cards mm. to have three monitors. Okay. Unless you've bought something that came out this year. <laughs> right. Because otherwise you just won't have the horsepower. Right. And okay. they weren't designed for it. Like there's just no way to do it. So I see. But if you've got the two video cards and you've got a marginally good system, you probably can. Do, you might not be able to do it at the highest resolutions and all the shadings and everything. You should be able to get a three monitor system set up though. Slick. Yep. All right. Uh, Michael emailed, great show, guys. Question and a comment. Comment, uh, thanks, Tio. Now I feel old, explaining to the young guns about MUDs. <laughs> I remember when Ultima Online came out and was blown away, thinking, holy crap, pictures and movable characters. How things have changed since then. And now my question. I have <laughs> every single class except for two at level 55, the two classes being Sith Warrior and Jedi Knight. I think I'm going to go Sentinel Marauder. I suck at tanking, and I've tried and failed many times to play these classes, only to abandon them out of frustration. I think my problem is rotation, so here's the question. What what has the simplest rotation? I'm not going to be PvPing or raiding with these. I just want to experience the story and forever be done with them. <laughs> sure, I could skip them, but the completionist in me forbids it. Thanks, and yay for 100. I guess the middle tree for the uh, scent. Marauder is the easiest. Hmm, okay. Left-hand tree has got a few too many uh, dots and things you have to think about. Right, and the the right tree, you're always thinking about setting up your next smash. Yeah, go for the center tree. Mm-hmm. I can't, I mean, unless he wants to go with the uh, Guardian or Jug. Jug DPS. I mean, yeah, he, he, could, he could do it since he doesn't want to... Yeah, he doesn't want to tank, but uh, they, they do have decent uh, DPS. Uh, I, I would agree, though. I, I like... Marauder Middle Tree. That's what I. That's sort of my uh, casual operation character on the Empire side, is that. And I also like the fact that when I get towards the top of the tree, I'm also uh, doing more to help whatever group I'm in. Not going to help him much because he's going to be. This is for solo, but still, <laughs> pretty sweet. Okay, Malgadar uh, emailed Utini Cast Quote of the Week 99. Wouldn't it be great if they gave us all 1 million cartel coins? <laughs> <laughs> Tio making light of the UtiniCast quote of the week 98. Wouldn't it be nicer if we all got 2,000 cartel coins, which would be hip referencing the cartel coin refund for recent purchasers of Rise Without Cartel. Mm -hmm. I would love to see Ham Sandwich's market report after the fluctuations this influx of cartel coins would cause. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. Yes, indeed. That's that's your basic inflation right there. All right. So that brings us on to the Sarlacc Digest, where we go over the issues for a thousand years. And this week we'll be talking about the history of the Utini cast. So I'm going to start with the origin story, and Teal will take over after that for production. And anyone can jump in if they if they wish. Uh, first of all, uh, uh, Oni and Hip, Teal and I also all, all met up in WoW, playing World of Warcraft uh, for several years. And we joined uh, up uh, in the whole uh, Bind on Equip society. Bind on Equip being a podcast from WoW that's been going on for some time, and they have quite a following. They're set in Australia, and their guild actually plays on the Oceanic servers, although in WoW, uh, that has always meant uh, West Coast Pacific time servers. And TOU were our raid leader. That's right, in our paranoid raid group, which is how the those of us, Oni, you and Rub, of course, Hip, and a few others, uh, mm-hmm. met and got to know each other. And we... that went on for at least a couple of years that we were writing. Yeah, probably yeah. probably the best times were I kind of said it Citadel for me. I think that's yeah. when we really started and we really got our reading groove on. That was I kind of the pinnacle. You. Yeah. That was uh, the most fun I had. Mm-hmm. Alright, and that's that is when we met up, uh, I'm sure because I played quite a bit of WoW and I actually burnt myself out on it because I was mostly doing a lot I did a lot of soloing uh because while well, I was working at night and such, uh, I had a night job for several years in there. And so I, I was just playing at all these weird times. And I didn't even think to look at the Oceanic servers uh, at that point. Because I, I had assumed they were on the other, that they were actually set up on the other continent. Uh, so I, I kind of burnt myself out uh, around um, Burning Crusade. And ended up coming back into it after... Uh, after Lich King opened, and that was actually that's actually still my favorite expansion for for WoW. Um, Cataclysm was okay; I liked it pretty well, and I wasn't a big fan of Pandaria, but I mean it, it's certainly well done. Um, but for me, the Rise of the Lich King had the best story. Um, the game mechanics were all really cool, and I loved the ICC raid and and several of the other raids too. And it just felt very big and epic, and it was all I, I just loved it. So anyway. So we did a lot of raiding for several years. Um, in fact, we were still, uh, you know, raiding in Pandaria when Swotor uh, launched. But in the meantime, uh, I had started sending in uh, little voicemails to the Addicted podcast, which is Hip's uh, uh, regular podcast, which he does with Cipher uh, over in Boston. So you didn't know Hip at this point? Uh, we knew. I knew him from raiding and stuff, and I knew him. You did. Yeah, as well as, and I I knew about his podcast, and I'd started sending in voicemails, and it became a regular thing for me. I sort of uh, got well addicted to it, <laughs> and <laughs> you know, I kind of caught the bug, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do a podcast about. So I did. It was sort of just, uh, it had no real outlet for me. But I thought. You know, the, it seemed like what Hip and Cypher were doing was fun and, you know, would be a lot of fun to do, but I had never really done it other than this uh, little voicemail thing. Anyway, I heard about Swotor pretty late. <laughs> uh, you know, probably the beginning of that year, maybe somewhere around there anyway, of the year that, that it actually launched on when I know it had been in, in production uh, for, you know, years before that. But uh, I, I finally heard about it. And um, the more I looked into it, the more uh, more I liked about it. You know, I seemed to have the sort of, there's a lot of things about WoW that I knew I liked, partly because when I gave up WoW for a while, I actually tried like a bunch of free-to-play uh, MMOs that are out there. And most of them 
I, I felt were pretty horrible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a lot of restrictions. And um, I found one of the things that I hated most was that in most games, you can't jump, which was really weird. Um, right. But I had, yeah. But in WoW, of course, you can jump. And but most of these free to play games, you couldn't jump. There's there's probably a few more that you can do it in now, but uh, especially this is this would be around Burning Crusade time. You just had to run around, and there was no jump function at all. And it, I believe that was a new thing with WoW, actually, a newish mm-hmm. thing when WoW came out for the jump. I'm function. sure it would. Yeah, clearly, because no one else had really had really figured out a way to do it. Play Fantasy so. or Final Fantasy, and that was that actually mm-hmm. a paid subscription one and everything. You could not jump in that game. There was a yeah. two inch <laughs> ledge you couldn't run forward. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's such a simple thing. It, it wouldn't seem like it'd be like such a big deal, but for me, it was. Uh, there's there's some other things as well. I mean, once you've once you've played a really fully functional game like WoW, it's really hard to go to back to to anything that's sort of chintzy free to play. They they just don't have they they don't have the systems. They they don't have the the way the game is set up is not very good. Usually, the the whole UI is usually very basic and crude, and it's just not as much fun. Um, but I started looking at what uh, what they were doing for Swotor, and it seemed like you know it was sort of meeting the criteria that I had. Uh, I like the idea of, of having the space combat and uh, having you know the characters, and I thought the companion was a, kind of a cool idea. And you know, there's there was lots of little details that were coming out at at the time uh, that made me interested in the game. So uh, I actually approached Hio and uh, said, you know, hey, I've kind of caught the podcasting bug. Um, don't really know much about it. You know, I've never, certainly never done it except for, you know, what I do, uh, with the addicted, with the voicemails. Um, but I was wondering if you, you know, were interested in SWOTOR and if you were interested in podcasting and <laughs> fortunately Tio agreed. What do you, what do you want to say about this time, Tio? Yeah, let's see. I had been doing stuff with Torocast, which is another SWOTOR podcast that had been started mm-hmm. around, uh, at least a couple of years before that, just doing writing for their site. I'd never actually done any podcasting either. Uh, I sort of knew the the theory based on what Hip was doing and what he'd talked about and did a bit of research and yeah, we had to sort of figure it all out on the fly to some extent as well. But And <laughs> if you listen to our original episodes, uh, you can see we've kind of streamlined things a bit since then. Right. I'm going to be perfectly honest. When I went back and listened to the first like two or three episodes, what I really liked was that there were several very key things to still do virtually identically today. <laughs> <laughs> like the outro <laughs> and the intro. Yeah, exactly. And even the intro is really similar. Like from day one, you had the different quotes and... There are some things that you clearly put thought into what you wanted to present and that has carried through to today. But then again, at the same time, there were definitely some things where gotten a little bit more professional, you understand. And obviously, you know, now Tio actually edits the show. I always edit oh, the show. Oh, he edited it all the way through. <laughs> I've just got a bit uh, tighter about uh, what I... Uh, yeah. Nati has gotten much better at editing the show. <laughs> Practice, yeah, did help, yeah. that's for sure. Practice. Yeah. Right. Well, we actually did did do quite a bit of thought on that, like what sort of podcast did we want to do? Did we want to be, you know, mostly news or did we want to do, uh, you know, more opinion or did we do want to do sort of a blend, which is kind of where we ended up. But we also had the, the issue of like what to do before the game came out because... 
there, you know, those first few episodes, I mean, yeah, you could get, you get some news from, from what SOTOR was releasing. Uh, and we certainly, you know, dug into the, the videos and so on as, as deeply as we could, but, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot of time there before the game came out where it was like, how are we going to fill this time? What are we going to do exactly? So that's, you know, that's why the, the early episodes especially had a lot of Star Wars trivia questions <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, which I, I actually, I, ended up stretching out. I had a, I had a bunch sort of in my head uh, that I kind of knew from just being a fan of Star Wars over the years. And then I, I did a, obviously did a bunch of research since then. But yeah, those first episodes, I actually was doing like a Star Wars trivia question and then right on to the, to the, to the answer for, from, you know, the last week's question before I gave the next one. So uh, I was just burning through Star Wars trivia questions. <laughs> and then I slowly had to stretch that out. And now, you know, it's pretty hard to find a new one that's sort of in, in my style, I've I've kind of developed a very specific style for those questions. And we decided so we decided basically that uh, I'd sort of be like the MC more or less. I'd be doing the intro and doing my best to keep the you know the flow of the show going. Uh, Teal would be uh, ga- gathering the data from the different sources and being the news person. Teal got a better microphone. I bought a microphone. Yes. I ha- <laughs> the one I have on my headset just is not podcast worthy. Somebody said in chat there, we stopped comparing uh, Swotor to WoW at some point after the, the beginning. Yes, there there was a lot of, com- of of comparison. And part of that was because we were actually still active in, in WoW at the time. We were still even raiding. Right. And uh yeah it was and plus it's it's just a question of you know figuring out you know how to how to talk about the game right uh you know with the with the tools we had if you don't mind my giving a personal story as a listener before I ever was a guest mm-hmm. I remember listening and this was by the time hip had become a regular guest cuz he wasn't originally <laughs> when it got cuz there were a lot of other shows that were grumping and griping about different things that were happening at the time. But when I was listening to the podcast and I think it's like two or three weeks in a row, Hit came out on the show and said flat out, so when can I cancel my subscription to WoW? I just want to play this game. (laughs) (laughs) And when I heard him saying that, I was like, man, subscribe. I'm never stopping this show. (laughs) We actually, that's sort of what happened with, uh, with WoW only for, it was more gradual than that. Uh, we, you know, we did some rating, but, um, it was a little bit harder to, to keep the rating group together in WoW, partly because our time was split, I think. And then just partly it seemed like our group wasn't quite as into Pandaria as they were, you know, the previous, uh, expansions. Right. So anyway, and because we were Tio and I were still into into Swotor and also enjoying the pod doing the podcast, we were spending a lot of time thinking about Swotor and playing Swotor and uh you know, gradually we dropped our subscriptions to WoW and yeah. Uh originally of course we were actually part of the BOE family of podcasts. We were you know, we were on their feed and all that good stuff. And we still you know, they're still awesome people. We still wish them the best and all, but uh we're not not on their feed anymore. We're not, you know, affiliated really in any way but um uh you know independence yeah yeah but they're if if someone's actually thinking about playing wow for some reason who's listening to this uh i definitely would check them out because they're it's a great bunch of people yeah by none of it yep uh and as far as the name of the show uh we bandied about a bunch of names um oh and by the way the uh the music my project was to like 
get the music, you know, figure out what music we should have. So I spent like a whole weekend listening to different uh, sites that had music and came up with like 20 suggestions. And then Teal came up with two suggestions and one of them was the one we're using. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Teal, Teal nailed that one. <laughs> as far as the name of the show uh, went, this was the time when uh, this is, you know, a few months before uh, we actually started the, the show. We actually were doing quite a bit of preparation. One of the things, of course, was having a name. So we wanted a, we wanted a website. We wanted, you know, a Twitter handle and all that good stuff. There was a ton of podcasts coming out about SWOTOR at the time. And most of them, uh, practically all of them, in fact, had either Tor or SWOTOR in the name. So we decided we would try to find one that didn't have SWOTOR or Tor in the name. Because you can always add, you know, hashtags and other you can there's other ways of making sure that computers know that it's a, you know it's a sotor podcast so uh, yeah we came up with god i i wonder if i could find the, the notes on that but we had a bunch of potential names <laughs> most of them you know pretty bad as you'd expect some became then, segment uh, yeah so <laughs> exactly actually one of them did uh uh <laughs> this one the sarlacc digest was the suggestion um from cypher as i recall right and it's it's still a, one of the most clever ones, actually. Uh, but we decided on the Utini cast uh, for several reasons. It says Star Wars to at least to a Star Wars fan. Um, I'm sure there's lots of people who would have no idea, you know, what a Jawa says. But, you know, mo I think most Star Wars fans know if you hear the Utini, you're going to know that that's, a, that's Jawa talk. And the other thing we liked about it was that we could alter the spelling because the official spelling is uh, U-T-I-N-N-I, -N which always looks like a tinny to me and I think to most other people. So <laughs> we actually did what uh, Google did to the math word Google, which is a weird spelling G-O-O-G-O-L, uh, meaning one with a hundred zeros behind it. And Google.com, of course, came up with the regular spelling, which is what should Google should have been spelled like all along. And because of that, because they changed the spelling, that also means means that it's very unique and it's sort of all their own and all that good stuff. So we decided to up update Utini with our own uh, more phonetic spelling and make that the name of the show. Do you remember any of the original ideas you had as other names? Uh, Onicast. Also I think Onicast <laughs> was way up there. I just wanted too much money for the royalties, so they, they had to turn it away. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be honest. If I had ever seen a teeny, when I was flipping through podcasts looking for shows to listen to, <laughs> I saw Utini and I knew what that was. And he had the picture of the Jawa, which <laughs> totally connected it together. <laughs> yep. It's like, hell yeah, I want to listen to that show. <laughs> yeah, well, right. Once we had the name, then the coming up with the design was relatively straightforward. Uh, in fact, even Utini. though I'm not. Even though I'm not very technical, I actually did the the original picture of the Jawa with Utini cast under it. it oh, you did. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yep. And that it's from one of the videos that was um, released shortly before the show came out. Had to do with the fact that there were companion uh, companions in the game, and of course, one of the ones they highlighted you saw Blizz in there. was Bliss. Yeah. And I think a couple of things that helped us, uh, especially early on, was one technical know-how. To uh, you know, even though he hadn't done podcasting before, 
certainly obviously a, a whiz with computers uh that's what he does and uh you know in fact if you if you go to itunes and you search on swotor and then you and then look at the podcasts and then you do another itunes search on star wars the old republic and look at pod, podcasts utini cast is pretty much the only one that you'll find under both searches because he's actually the one who's figured out all those little details to uh to make things pop up on searches and and in itunes and so on so yeah i got really happy the other day when i did a search on r3d and 4 it was like my twitter page and my twitch page and my everything else it's like <laughs> finally i did something right <laughs> I would say the one other thing that helped us is uh, the timing of the show was pretty good. Uh, when you're doing a show that's about something that has like a deadline, like if you're doing maybe a podcast about the upcoming Star Wars movies, you know, the best time is earlier. I mean, like the ideal time to do like a podcast about episodes seven, eight and nine of the Star Wars movies would be like the day that they announced that they would be do <laughs> that they would actually be doing those movies. That would be the ideal. And because whoever whoever is first is usually going to grow the most. That's just how it works. Um, if you look at the ones that are still the biggest uh, podcast for SWOTOR, it's the ones that were out before us. I mean, it is really hard to, to grow the numbers. You can do a lot, you know, by being consistent and, you know, making the best show you can and all that good stuff and, and Facebook and Twitter and all that good stuff. But first mover is a, is a huge advantage. So like, if you're thinking about doing a podcast and it's about something that has a deadline, like this, like the Star Wars movies, sooner the better get it get it going uh the fact that we were out you know a few months before the uh before the game actually launched uh was a big help and it's kind of kept kept us going and in fact i really uh i really admire like uh Gattic teague of this unnamed swotor podcast because he's doing really well and i i think his numbers are growing as far as i can tell and, and it's because he's putting out a really good show and that's really hard to do with, with since you know he he did it what a year and a half after the game had already launched is when his show started and that is a real accomplishment all right Tia, and go ahead and give a some information about uh, production of the show all right this is just in case you've been curious about how we put this show together and i won't go into too much detail but uh it starts with the show notes, which you can actually see linked on our live page. Uh, it's just a Google document. It's more or less a template at this point, which uh, I set up initially. I'm the one who basically fills out all the details. I found all the news stories, which is similar to what I used mm -hmm. to do with Torocast. I cut and paste all the emails and tweets. And Chill obviously does um, the intro. He does a trivia question if there is one. And as far as the Salak Digest go, that is more or less, we sort of tried to share that out, but I, and this is purely due to me having more time than anyone else as just in terms of being available. I tend to do most of that organizing. So, right. but anyway, so anyway, show notes is how it starts. And that usually takes far too long, actually. Per <laughs> show, it varies, but it can be maybe three or four hours worth. It's not too bad. Uh, after that... There's the actual recording. So we set up, we actually used Skype originally to be able to hear each uh -huh. other. And that was just purely audio only. But Hip, of course, always wanted us to use Skype video. And then he eventually convinced us <laughs> that we should be doing a Google Hangout. 
And then, of course, <laughs> I've got this live broadcast feature and he suggested the chat room. So, Hip really did drive us completely into you Absolutely. watching us now if you're doing the live show. That's mm-hmm. right. Absolutely. Look at that big grin on his face. He's so proud of himself. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, uh, I think it's much better this way. Yeah. No, you're right. Brilliant. We say thank you, Hip. And it is so exciting each week now that we're consistently getting like over two dozen people in the chat room. Yeah, definitely. If you are a listener and have never been in the chat room, it is crazy. Like everybody's talking to one another. We've actually, we're building a community within the chat room itself that maybe we don't talk to enough on the show itself, but it's worth coming and hanging out with them because they're a hell of a lot of fun too. Yeah. Now, as far as the audio production goes, each of us actually records our own track. We pretty much all use Audacity, but you can use any program really for this kind of thing. And once the show is over, we all uh, save our recordings, export them and put them into a Dropbox, which I then pick up and I edit together. Now, that's a fairly simple process mechanically. Quite time consuming though. Um, I've relied a lot on Hip's advice because he's been doing this a lot longer than me. He uses um, Adobe Audition and I've used that as well. It just makes it quite easier. Easy, but you could probably use Audacity though it would probably be not as slick. And yeah, that process can take, given the duration of the show, at least twice as long plus another hour or two. So that's why I've been concerned about the length of the show. Now, that editing process uh, is usually me taking out ums and pauses and screw-ups and that kind of thing. Yeah, and there's actually no need for people who produce a podcast to do all of that. You could just leave it all in. Uh, And a lot of people do because it really is a lot, really time consuming to do this. So, yeah, if I had more calls on my time, I suspect I would. That'd be the first thing to go. Probably. (laughs) I'd be a little more forgiving in terms of what goes into it. Anyway, once that's done, uh, the MP3, which I then produce... You add the ID3 tag so you can get the uh, the nice uh, header image on it, that kind of thing. And I do the show notes for the uh, website. The website's also pretty much me. It's just a WordPress site. They're really not that hard to administer. You also run through each track and tick out all the background noise as well. That's true. Uh, like... Yeah, for those of you that listen to the podcast, you don't understand. I've got a vacuum continuously running in the background because of those three monitors that we've been talking about the past couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and if you under, ever wonder why one of us sounds particularly roboticized, it's because there was a lot of background noise and the process to remove that background noise can actually have that effect on their voice. Yeah, well, right. the more noise there is to remove, the more other stuff the you're removing with that noise. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But basically, you take a little sample of the background noise, and then the computer goes through and it f- finds any time it finds that noise, it removes right. it completely. Isn't that exactly? Right? You take a sample and yeah, just cleans it out. So it's yeah. that part is automatic, just CPU intensive. The hard part is most definitely the manual editing, and I have to listen to the whole <laughs> thing to uh, clean it up. Right, and of course, it's always it kind of goes up <laughs> in complexity the more guests there are. So. Yep, because everyone is an additional track. And I have, That's right. Yeah. So, I think there was one time, one time where someone screwed up and so we lost their track and so we had to use the original, uh, the original track from Skype, I think, at that point. Though now we would use the Hangout video if we had to use the audio from that. Right. Uh, is that me? Uh, no, it would have predated you, I suspect. 
Okay. I think it was me, wasn't it? <laughs> Probably. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> guessing. I mean, I'm just assuming that it was me. <laughs> if it was anyone. Yeah. Still, only one out of a hundred. One percent so far. That's not well, bad. Yeah. We we work very hard on yeah, reminding each other to start our audacity up and all that good stuff. Yeah. Or I ought to say, out of ninety-nine. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. Because we haven't finished. <laughs> and then the final step, of course, is once the show is up, we publish it, which means publishing the uh, post on the site, and then I. Just put out things on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, official forums, our own forums, which we recently added. And that's it. That's what we do every week. Uh, we actually used to record on Saturday and I put it out sometime on Sunday. We, record, we moved our recording day back just to give me more time to edit. And then somehow right. the publication time kind of moved back until it's where it is now, which is late Thursday <laughs> night, early Friday morning. And I'm kind of scared to move it now. So, uh, <laughs> well, the, right. the advantage that you have about doing it is that you have it. It's nicely positioned because if the patch happens in time, we record on Wednesday. So, we've had a day to see the game. It's also been a day for them to find out if something went wrong and let us know <laughs> that they might have to be doing something. Yeah. And then you're giving yourself a day to do the editing and put it out. Which keeps everything pretty timely. Indeed. Granted, there's a lot of times they give us, you know, spoil, you know, release information or whatever on a Friday. But for actual live content, it's nice having it pretty fresh. Yep. And even if there's something drops right at the last minute, there's always next week. And I have honestly been concerned sometimes that we just wouldn't have anything to talk about in a given show. But Bioware's just been really, really good at uh, their marketing plan and just dribbling the information out. In fact, this week is one of the first where mm -hmm. there hasn't been that much to talk about. And as we've noted previously, I'm a bit concerned about uh, just what's coming after 2.4 because we don't know. But I fully That's expect right. something. It's a football map, you know, for that 8 8 <laughs> version that they did. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, I think what they're going to do this time is uh, they want all the focus on Warzone Arenas and Game Update 2.4. Once it's out, then we'll start getting stuff in to talk about for beyond that, as well as our own experience, of course, with Oricon and the new raids and Warzone Arenas. <laughs> but anyway, that's pretty much how we produce the show. Now, to finish off our little segment here on a bit of self-indulgent stuff, we just had a, <laughs> the Malgadar a uh, long-time listener, he was listening to some of the early episodes and made some notes about some interesting bits and pieces. Now, I've just picked out six clips to actually play. So, yeah, let's start with, uh, this wasn't in his list, but it was the actual very first intro to episode one. Hi, folks, and welcome to the Utini cast. Star Wars The Old Republic Podcast with a name that's fun to say. I'm Brandon Starr, known online as Chill, and with me is Tio, also known as Jason Etheridge. Good day all. <laughs> yeah, and with us we have uh, two guests. We have From the Addicted, it's Hypnotoad. Say hi, Hip. Hey, yo. <laughs> the other guest was Scove, by the way, but I thought I'd, uh, I'd leave Oh, okay. <laughs> mm. Ah, Yes. God, that was awkward. Only slightly cringeworthy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah your microphone's definitely a lot better now. <laughs> that too, but that's not what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah. Next, there was a comment from me about PvP. Since then, I did try EVE Online. At the same time, Hip got into it, but it was a little too much PvP for me. 
Our times have changed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you never liked PvP in Warcraft either, correct? That's true. I think I did try yeah. it towards the end of our playtime there. and mm-hmm. It just wasn't for it you, wasn't, was it? But then trying it in Swator, especially after Chong and you were talking about it, yeah, mm-hmm. I haven't looked back. It's quite strange. That's right. <laughs> it's been, it was a total reversal. Okay, yeah, no, well, Thieve Online is still awesome. Like, it's just so much time commitment and stuff, and I think all we get to do is mine rocks, sadly. <laughs> do you actually play it still, Hip? Awesome rock mining. No, I tried it on the Mac, and the, their Mac client is actually a disgrace. I would just take it down altogether. Maybe you need, like, a badass Mac to 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 play it or something, but it literally crashed before I get into the game multiple times. Wow. Maybe wow. it's better now. So next, some from Hip. So these people who get in first, that's who you're going to be able to create your first names and stuff. You'll be able to get like Darth Penis and whatnot. You can have Darth Penis, mate. It's all yours. <laughs> yeah, the, sadly, those are all, all those good names have been taken there. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, they haven't. I should give you a list of my names at some point. <laughs> yeah, well, they're taken. I also love how Magadar notes that this episode... Very first episode is also Hip's first question about day-night cycles. <laughs> Does that work like Skyrim? Like when you arrive at a different place, it'll be a different time of day? Just depending on how long it took you to travel? Uh, no, no. Each planet has a fixed time of day. There is not a day-night cycle. That was a deliberate thematic uh, decision by Bioware on this. That fucking sucks. <laughs> I didn't blast her it out interestingly enough I think that was from the first episode yeah yeah <laughs> so, so episode one he mentions it and a hundred episodes cycles. later it still hasn't gone away <laughs> yeah well. that's great you remember this is the question Hip was pressing me to ask at the Seattle Cantina, which was three what three weeks ago or something right. like that. Did you ask? Did anybody ask it? By the way, uh, well, you know, at this point, I we'd already asked them a bunch of times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In fact, I did ask. Uh, I, <laughs> in fact, I did ask Schubert on uh, the one-on-one interview that I had done, like in March. Yeah, but we should keep that bringing out in April. Like, we should keep bringing it up. I think. <laughs> keep the pressure on. All <laughs> uh, right. I do also still really like Hip's comment that he made very recently about having a new zone on Coruscant, like a new, even if it's just a daily area, yeah, where you can go to the flip side of the planet, totally. and see the night sky. Yeah, please yeah. do that. Right. All right. Uh, a couple from episode two. This is Gove. Now, that's our friend Declan, who is still around. He still lives in mm-hmm. Brisbane. But anyway, we were talking about the space combat in uh, in SWOTOR. That's what he said. So, there's no, like, space PvP? Uh, no. No. That would be awesome. Yes, it would. <laughs> <laughs> no, eh? And we still don't know. SSSP, we don't know if that's uh, PvP All the hints yet, are that it is, if you look at the uh, inappropriate right. sites. But, uh... Yeah. <laughs> So, so can we just start calling it the triple SP? <laughs> you know, hopefully, it's easier well, to say, and that way I don't screw it up and make the chat room drink twice. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's getting close enough that they'll give it more of a formal name and we can just call hopefully. it that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, that would be helpful. One more comment. This one's from Hip from episode two. Okay. Um, sorry. Sorry to derail you. 
No, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> a tradition he's managed to maintain all the way through. We wouldn't have it any other way, yeah, of right. course. Yeah, well. Oh, no, Oni does pretty well at it, too. Whoa, whoa. Hey, bus driver there. Back the bus up a little bit. <laughs> so when, when, did, when did you bring in Red? Um, do, you, do you recall that? We'd have to ask Red. What episode was it? <clears throat> don't act like you don't know. You've got to find uh, You'd have to put out the publication list. It was the last episode in November of last year. It was either 55 or 56. Sounds about right. right. Yep. I, I definitely think that it's it's now like find its stride and it's it's such an enjoyable thing to be a part of, really is, especially not having to actually put in any of the effort like editing <laughs> or yeah. anything. Like for your own show. Just, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Hypnos, uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I, I always have a fun time when I'm on the show. I uh, enjoy throwing my little two cents in, so I do appreciate when you guys ask me, and it's a lot of fun. Thank you very much, guys. And I definitely enjoyed listening to my at work. Thanks for a good Friday morning. Cool. Thanks. Well, it seems like the two most frequent, uh, at least in the past, what, six months or so, have been Oni and Ham. Ham is a new addition, but it's actually been really nice hearing from him recently, too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. When he's not pounding me in PvP, he's an awesome guy. Which is <laughs> <laughs> why I was really glad I was PvPing with him <laughs> last week. <laughs> and uh, one bit of random show trivia. We always intended to have bumpers between our various segments. We just never got around <laughs> to it. Me, yeah. Right, instead of me just saying it. <laughs> one day, it works. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I, I mean I could make you some bumpers if you wanted me to nah, we're right. <laughs> as soon as you put bumpers in you'll lose all your listeners I think <laughs> Yeah. Well. at this point we're still trying to come up with the uh, a couple of names for the segments so <laughs> yeah. maybe we should get that first <laughs> yeah we need something better than the uh, weekly tip or tip of the week or whatever Oh, go on there. <laughs> every time I hear tip of the week it sounds dirtier and dirtier that's a show. <laughs> if you'd like to play with us in the Utini Knights Guild on the Republic side of the Harbinger server, or in our Utini Bridge Guild on the Empire side, do a slash C join Utini to join the Utini channel. Then ask for the quiz that lets us know you're a fan of the show. You can email questions and comments about the show to utinicast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. We're on at utinicast. I Twitter under my own name, at Brandon L. Star, and Tio uses his name, at Jason Etheridge. Hip Twitter's under at Hypnotoad, with a K at the end of the second fifth. Listen to Hip and Cypher show, The Addicted, available on iTunes. Red Twitter's under at R3DN4, or watch him on twitch.tv slash R3DN4. Check out our website, utinicast.com, which has links to our presence on Google Plus and Facebook. You can subscribe to us in iTunes and the Zune Marketplace. We're also on Stitcher and Radio 4 Gamers. Our theme song is from Mevio's Music Alley. Check it out at music.mevio.com. That's M-E-V-I-O. And thanks to the chat room. Thanks, Red and Hip and Oni. And thank you, Tio, for all the editing. Yeah, thanks. Here, what about credit for your thoughts? Like penny for your thoughts? <laughs> for the week? And- that's not bad, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and a little thing. And, and whatever. Thank you. <laughs> and we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>